This is the West Michigan Sports Show, presented by the United States Air Force. Now, here's your host, Brandon Worth. It's Saturday. You know what that means. Another episode of the West Michigan Sports Show here on News Radio WBRN. It's yours truly. Brandon Wirtz sitting in the chair this afternoon. Be sure to stay tuned next week. It's been a while since we've had a different voice on the show. All I'm going to say is that streak will come to an end, I promise. It's been a busy, busy month of October for everyone, and especially you can see why now as the postseason is here for football. We have across country that is past the regional round as you're listening to this live, and we're going to have volleyball right around the corner. So it's going to be a busy time for high school sports. We'll break down all the latest scores as well as matchups upcoming in the CSAA here in the first half of the show and stick around for the second half of the show as I'm going to be diving into another topic, a little bit more of a talk show style with the alignment of conferences. Many may have heard the rumblings and rumors that's going down just about an hour south of us here in Big Rapids as some teams that were in the okay have now changed their mind and said no way. They're making their own conference. We'll talk about the teams that will be involved as well as all the things around it and my perspective on what high school conferences should provide. We'll break that all down on the second half of the show as well. So we got a loaded slate, but before we get to that, we got to make sure we pay the bills and thank those that support this podcast. And we can't thank them enough for all of their support of the show because of the reality is I can be in front of a microphone and I can record as much as I want, but these sponsors help get the word out. Uh, They help us tremendously with being able to make this show possible when it comes to all these things. So we have to give them a shout out for all of the hard work that they do. Uh, Those include obviously the United States Air Force is our primary sponsor of this program. All their sports supporters include the Schubert Insurance Agency, Alter Care Big Rapids, Quality Car and Truck Repair, Johnson's Automotive, Paris Auto Sales and Service of Big Rapids, the Macasta Osceola Career Center and Moda, the Macasta Osceola Transit Authority. Thank you all for making this show possible. We couldn't do it without you. Going into the local sports scoreboard here presented by Big Rapids Digital. Uh, we got a lot of games to recap and we'll go back as far as not just a little bit over a week ago. October 19th is where we start on the scoreboard slate. Volleyball action across the CSAA. The Cardinals take down the Lions of Nuego 3-1 the final in four sets there. Kent City beats Grant 3-1. Molly Stanwood blanks the Hornets 3-0 as well as Reed City takes down White Cloud for a share of the conference title 3-1 over the Indians and the Chippewa Hills Warriors take down the Wildcats in a five-set thriller 3-2 your final there football action from this past week non-conference around the area for many schools uh, finishing up their season prepping for the upcoming postseason for some of those teams we'll go over those inside in just a minute Beaverton blanks Molly Stanwood 21-0 final score in that one Belding Thumps the Tri-County Vikings 66-20. to The final score, former head coach of Reed City, Monty Price, doing the business to the Vikings as he did during his tenure with the Coyotes. Big Rapids beats Alma in dominating fashion. 55-13 statement win for Big Rapids at home. Central Montcalm blanks Lakeview, or excuse me, almost blanks Lakeview. 39-7, the Wildcats score late to 
avoid the shutout. Comstock Park 25, Nuego 18, and what was a very, very interesting game that had a lot of implications on it uh, when it came to postseason seeding. Kent City beats Grant. 44-20, the final score there. Reed City takes down Cadillac, 27-14 there in Reed City. Chippewa Hills beats Pine River, 29-6, the final there from Remus. And White Pigeon puts on 66 points on the White Cloud Indians to prevent them from playoff contention. Over to the 21st, volleyball once again. Some teams in tournament action. Grant gets three wins on the weekend. They beat Lakeview, White Cloud, and away go 2-0 in all three games. Kent City also finishes 3-0. They take down Reed City 2-1, as well as beat Morley Stanwood 2-1 and take down Grant 2-0. Fourth game for Reed City uh, led to a 2-0 win over Central Montcalm. October 24th also had some volleyball action as well for proceeding on that Tuesday. Grant takes down Wyoming Potter's House Christian, 3-0. Lakeview beats Wyoming Lee, 3-0 as well. Shelby takes down Kent City as well as Whitehall takes down Kent City, 2-1-2-0 respectively there in those games. From this past Thursday, Central Montcalm beats Blanchard, Montebello, 3-1. Grant takes down Middleville, Thornapple, Kellogg, 3-1. Lakeview beats Crossroads in three straight. Reed City also takes down Pine River and McBain, 2-0, both respective scores in those matchups. So upcoming in volleyball action, we'll have a couple tournaments here, especially with the CSAA tournament just around the corner. Uh, some of those include non-conference matchups for some of their teams to end out the season. Stanis Sterling will host Chippewa Hills. It's a 6 o'clock game on November first Lakeview will be taking on another team that is yet to be determined from the tournament play Kansas City will be hosting Grant five nothing or excuse me five o'clock start time uh, between those two teams as well as Central Montcalm uh, will be hosting Tri-County that game of five o'clock first serve as well and Big Rapids will host the Manistee Chippewas 530. From Big Rapids. But moving into the volleyball standings a little bit, we talked about it a little bit last week. CSAA tournament action uh, has already been in the books. We went over some of those scores already uh, from their matchups. Grant's going to be taking on Kent City here coming up uh, in CSAA tournament. Obviously, you see uh, a really just a lot of overall play uh, that has been very strong for volleyball. And I mean, with a lot of these games, um, you're starting to see here that the biggest thing for a lot of these teams has been consistency as teams that have been able to really step it up and have continued to win games uh, no matter the circumstances. So uh, I think when you look at a lot of these teams, especially like Reed City, they've played a lot of games. Uh, they've been very consistent on the floor, uh, able to get the showdown trophy here just a little while ago. Um, and you look at those sort of teams, especially like Molly Stanwood, um, that haven't necessarily played as many games, but they've stayed very consistent in their play overall. And that's been a huge boost for that program, especially when you look at, uh, I mean, just really putting a lot of these games together. And they're not necessarily going on seven, eight game winning streaks, but they're able to win three out of four, three out of every four, three out of every four. And that gets you stacked up uh, to such a great record. Uh, overall in the season. So you look at a lot of that, especially from the CSA tournament. Obviously, you see Kent City able to roll through there uh, and really take the victory there uh, of the conference tournament overall. So that's a huge win for them uh, after taking down Reed City. Uh, but I think especially as you look at the seeding, I think it really comes down to what teams are prepared to get the most wins and what teams are prepared to schedule 
those hard opponents and sacrificing of those wins. There's a huge debate. I'm sure that a lot of coaches go through every single year on what's more valuable, the experience against good teams or necessarily maybe scheduling a little bit weaker teams and getting more wins, right? Every program is a different philosophy, and we see that in the CSAA. Obviously, teams like Kent City, Reed City, always getting more games in. You have other other teams down south that are playing a little bit less games overall. Uh, so I think it's just something where uh, every, t- every team has to find its own niche, and it's going to be very interesting seeing postseason action here coming up soon. Some of those matchups here as we kind of get into some of the tournament brackets here, starting in Division Two, Kent City and Grant, we're going to square off again. Uh, they'll make it to the district semifinal virtue of a bye as Nuego will host, uh, or I should say wait, uh, for the winner of Comstock Park and Grand Rapids West Catholic there in District 39. That's going to be at Nuego, though, so look out, the Lions potentially... Never know. Might be a crazy upset uh, in the month of November. Central Montcalm will be playing Tri-County. That game will be in District 40 in the semifinal round, as well as Alma, Shepard, and Belding, the other three teams represented uh, in their overall. And Old Pal and Fremont, they've made it as well to the district semifinal. Uh, so they'll be awaiting some of those teams in the second round. Uh, therefore, volleyball action. So I think when you look at a lot of these brackets, CSA has actually gotten very, very, what's the word? I wouldn't want to call it lucky. Let's call it fortunate. That's the word. I don't think there's a lot of luck that goes into some of these brackets. Sometimes it does. Uh, but I think it's very fortunate the numbers were able to be in their favor as well. Uh, you look over in District 34, or excuse me, not 34, 35, Reach City, I know, getting a bye. They'll take on Hart or Ludington. So potentially another matchup with Ludington uh, there in the semifinals as Big Rapids will be uh, taking on Manistee. That district will be hosted in Hart. Uh, and those games will be played on the 1st of November. So now you have the awareness of those going up. So make sure you're out and supporting. Uh, Standish Sterling and Chippewa Hills will square off over near Gladwin. Um, that's going to be a good one there between those two teams. I think Claire is also in that uh, district overall. So we're going to see that go into play here very, very soon. Uh, but some other teams will also be uh, coming up in their tournament action over in Division Three. Uh, when you look at some of those teams that uh, transitioning over to the gold here over the last couple of years with that huge uh, overhaul of combining the CSAA silver and gold, which we'll talk a little bit about that here in the next segment here for, for our break here coming up soon. Um, but especially when you look at some of the other teams uh, over there in Division Three, obviously you have Lakeview um, will be at uh, their own district in 73. They're going to be hosting this year. They'll be taking on Puama Westphalia or Saranac, which I had to check the record, and it turns out Puamo Westphalia has 49 games to their tally. I don't know how that's possible, but they do. So be on the lookout if you're Lakeview. That team's played a lot of volleyball, uh, apparently, here as of recently. So that's going to be very interesting to see uh, how their potential state title run is, especially the fact they've won 45 out of the 49. Could be a tough test for Lakeview. Uh, coming up. And then you have White Cloud as well uh, as Morley Stanwood there in District 70, which is hosted by Hesperia. Hesperia against Holton as well as Mason County Central against Morley Stanwood. White Cloud and Shelby both getting the buys uh, in those games. So those ones will be there from Hesperia um, as well as some other local teams down the road in District 69 and a matchup potentially in the regional round with those teams, including Lake City, Traverse City, St. Francis, Elk Rapids, Benzie, and Manton. Those teams represented as well. Also in District 71, for those interested outside the CSAA, Pine River, McBain, Everett, Harrison, Houghton Lake, Leroy, Pine River, and McBain will be in the semifinal round. Everett will await the first round matchup of Harrison and Houghton Lake. 
That's going to be it for us here on the first half. Join us for the second half conference realignment talk. I'm going to talk about how these teams are changing and how NIL might even have an effect. You're listening to the West Michigan Sports Show here on News Radio WBRN. We're talking conference realignment here on segment number two of the West Michigan Sports Show. Brandon Worth with you. News coming out from MLive this past Wednesday. Many people may have heard of this. It's not necessarily directly relevant to the CSAA, but I think it's well enough to report on this as especially uh, our own conference only just a short time ago also went through a realignment, adding the gold and silver together. Um, but some schools are now starting to see the landscape of high school sports changing, and now they're taking their measures to try to combat this to the best way possible for their school. Seven schools officially announced that they are leaving the OK Conference, and they are going to be forming their own conference that has been named the River Cities Alliance coming up in the fall of 24. That'll be the start of this conference. The schools that are leaving uh, show some commonalities. We'll get to those here in just a minute. Those schools include Allendale, Cedar Springs, Coopersville, Greenville, Kanawha Hills, Lowell, and Sparta. All seven schools will join the conference in the fall of 2024. No delayed entries that we know of uh, for later years. I'm sure there's probably a couple of teams that might be thinking maybe, hey, this could be something down the road we want to join. Um, is there are still a couple public schools in the Grand Rapids area um, that are necessarily maybe thinking about realigning here soon. But it's really been a shift across sports altogether. And that's been the biggest thing um, that has kind of went through the news waves is all these conference realignments. And this goes with any level, college, high school, professionally. We don't see it as much in pro sports because they're very concrete regionally, which I think uh, makes things a lot easier for us, especially in long term. I mean, obviously, when you look at uh, the NHL that's already in place, you obviously have the Metropolitan, you have the Atlantic, you have a lot of those, um, especially region specific conferences. And I think that really kind of makes it easier on a lot of people that uh, you go to the college level. Conferences are not necessarily being owned by regional location anymore. No chance. It is being ruled by the media and the money. And it's, it's hard to say it like that because there is still some regional aspect to it. Obviously you have schools that primarily when you talk about 75% of the conference, maybe even a little bit less now, even maybe some more and some others, especially the lower levels, you have a little more of the regionified alignments. But when it comes to the Big Ten, the additions to this conference include Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and USC. Those schools are on the Pacific Ocean all the way across the United States. So why are they joining the Big Ten? Easy. Big Ten media is great. Big Ten media money is greater. TV deals. All of those things come into play when it comes to that level. They obviously want to increase competition when the Pac-12 disbanded, as that conference was kind of seeming like what we read together, kind of patched and was going to run out eventually uh, when it came to the addition of schools. But why did those teams choose to join the Big Ten is the best move for their schools when it comes to money generation, when it comes to exposure, when it comes to being competitive. That's the one of their best options. It really was. And you see a lot of these other schools that have been moving around. Obviously, Conference USA has kind of flipped over and has now been really kind of 
shaped into a whole new slate of teams as many of the notable teams, especially from that conference, the American as well, moving into the Big 12, a lot of teams moving back and forth. You had teams like Cincinnati that moved over into the Big 12. You got other schools that are on the way um, here in the next couple of years. You have some of the Mid-Americans trying to jump their way up. Some teams also going from Division 2 to Division 1 or even Division 3 to Division 1 in Lindenwood. So you have a lot of these schools that are jumping up. They're getting into these conferences. Conferences are realigning. Obviously, we have a lot of schools that have been in and out of these conferences. The Big 12 has gotten bigger. The Big 10 has gotten bigger. Uh, really, the Mountain West, it surprisingly, hasn't gotten that much bigger. They might pick up Oregon State and Washington State here at the end if they're not able to find anybody else. But when it comes to conference realignments, with the high school level, the college level, the professional level, we're learning more than ever that exposure means everything where you're at, who you're playing, what your opponents are. It's a huge, huge, huge emphasis, right? NIL was just passed a week ago at the high school level. Some people don't even know about this. It was passed through the House in Michigan, and it is going to go likely into legislation here very soon. It has already passed through all the hoops in the political scene that it's going to likely become a thing very soon. And it's not necessarily saying that high school kids are going to start getting a bunch of huge endorsement opportunities and not saying that the realistic viewpoint and especially what from the legislation of that initiative and that law was, was saying that schools can't prohibit their high schoolers from having the opportunity to make money off of their name, image, and like this. Now, of course, that has some limitations with things that are obviously like adult products. You have alcohol. You have obviously tobacco. A lot of those big major things that they have to stay away from, and that is an absolute must. But the reality is, with the location of some schools, obviously the ability to be able to set yourself up in the right conference against the right teams and be able to really have that maximum opportunity for your team to get seen, the games being played against some of the best teams, it has started to affect the way that conferences are being viewed. It's It's got to be something that needs to be discussed, right? So with the River Cities Alliance, diving into it just a little bit, right? The seven schools leaving is the largest group that has left the OK. Uh, in its history, over 60 years, that conference, I believe, has been in existence. Uh, there was some resistance from some of the schools as many of them, uh, in an overstounding fashion, voted for them to not have not leave uh, before June of 24. So obviously that's going to affect in the fall. And I think that I think for everyone that makes the most sense and it keeps things simple. So obviously I don't think that's a huge concern, but the fact that they voted with that very egregiously to make sure that wouldn't happen, uh, I think gives it to show. But when you have the whole circling of alignment in the OK conference, right? You have all of these different schools that are getting moved based on obviously having such a big area in especially the Ottawa and Kent County areas where you have big, big cities like Muskegon. You have obviously Grand Rapids and everywhere else around it. You have Grand Haven kind of mixed in there for moving up and down. There's a huge concern of travel right? That's one of the primary reasons why many of these schools reportedly said that they wanted a new conference, right? The biggest thing for some of these schools with the travel, it it makes sense, right? Greenville to Muskegon is almost an hour, 15 minutes 
depending on which obviously road you take there. But think about that in the winter. Think about that in the snow, the ice, especially what Mother Nature throws at us here in this state. It's a scary situation. Now, I'm sure many people in my CSA audience that's probably listening right now is probably thinking the same thing. What about Central Montcalm to Reed City or Big Rapids or some of these schools, right? We're having to travel almost an hour to play a lot of these schools. Now, that's obviously the same situation. Trust me, I've taken that bus ride more than I can count on both of my hands and my toes. I've traveled to Central Montcalm to play sports against the Hornets, right? And it's over an hour, 15 minute drive. The problem with the okay and why people are getting mad about it is because not only are they having to travel to play those teams, they're traveling to play those teams in such a large bracket of students. And frankly, I'm sure there's probably a conversation going around about what the private and public school differences in this conference are, because there's certainly a big time emphasis on a lot of these schools playing against each other in the Grand Rapids area where athletes have more choices of where to go to school in in some of these areas, right? Compared to some of these other rural schools, for example, like Greenville, like Lowell, like Sparta, like Cedar Springs, right? So that's obviously one of the main concerns. I'm not going to get into the huge details of that because it's no right for me to go into that area and speak about an area I don't know, right? But I do know this. The fact of the matter is, This alliance, I think, is going to start a wave. I don't think it'll be a huge wave, but it's starting to go into motion. I think we're going to see some of these schools, potentially from the OK, even leaving to do their own independent conferences. And the reason why is because a lot of these schools don't have the freedom of choosing where they're going to be playing over the next couple of years. And they just have to be hoping and praying that they're not having to travel to a lot of these bigger schools that might have had a small enrollment dip. And now they're going to have to go play some of these teams that just fairly have been under the boundary, even though there could be a 200 to 300 student differences just by the size of these schools and even some of them more. And I think that's the bottom line of this, right? We've seen the rumors that have probably been going on for many years about a lot of the movements within these bigger areas, right? What's going to happen uh, with some of the other schools, maybe in the Mac, perhaps down in Detroit, which is as big, if not bigger conference than the OK as a whole. And obviously they have all these subdivisions where you have the different colors representing the different subdivisions, the separate conferences within that entire conference altogether. So kind of think of it more necessarily like uh, the MLB where you have obviously um, the the American League and then you have obviously the three subs uh, subdivisions, right, with the Central, the West and those such on and so forth. I think we're going to start seeing more independent conferences come about. I think it's going to do so. And I think especially with these bigger areas, they're going to have a big time boost when it comes to things now coming into play financially. I think NIL is going to play a huge factor because they have the resources for that. Schools that are in smaller towns and don't necessarily have that much exposure are going to kind of be left in the dust and they're going to have to try to figure it out, right? The CSAA went to 11 teams after seven, right? They're in a position where they might have seen that happening. Their conference would have disbanded if they did not combine together, right? Maybe some teams will get added to the CSA. We talked about Belding last year wanted to get in. They tried to get in this year and were voted no. So we're going to see some movement. It's going to happen. Some of these older conferences, I think, have a good chance of staying alive, but I think we're going to see movement with schools, no matter the size, to create a closer knit 
more functional and more competitive circuit where they pick the marks and it's not from a rotation just based on the student enrollment. Because just because you have a lot of students doesn't mean there's as many athletes. And that's something that will be discussed on a later show. That's going to do it for me. We'll see you next Saturday. Brandon Ward signing off on the West Michigan Sports Show. We'll see you later, everybody.